I honestly don't know what happened to my intro, so we just gonna start off the podcast. Hopefully next episode we have an intro. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, it girls. It's your favorite girl, Imani Bailey, and I am back with another podcast episode. Welcome to Faithfully Feminine, where we talk about all things self-improvement and Christ. So... Today I am super excited and before we even get into our read along, we're doing our first book read along and kind of workbook and the book that we are reading along to is called The Bait of Satan by John Bevere. I knew I was going to kind of butcher his name, but I got the honor of listening to him speak when I went to visit my home church back before I moved. And when I listened to him speak, he actually spoke about something totally different that we're not talking about in this podcast. But he mentioned how God had called him to be an author, even though he sucked at writing. And it just reminded me that I wanted to tell you when God calls you to do something, he will qualify you. And so he qualified him. He became an author, a best-selling author, and he talked about his book. I bought his book right then on the spot, and it was the book called Multiple X. Next thing you know, he, vis- he talked about his first book that he wrote called The Bait of Satan. And that just stuck with me. Even though it was like six months ago that I, I heard him speak, I'm like, dang, Bait of Satan. That is a heavy hitter title. Like, it just rolled off the Bait of Satan. Like, what is that? And so I was led to it again last week. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm finally going to download this book. And here we are now with our first read along. So we're going to be talking about the bait of Satan and how Satan gets believers into this constant warfare. Okay, it's definitely constant warfare. It's definitely a battle happening every day and we just can't see it. But how he gets believers to bend at his will kind of and to, well, fall at his will. I don't want to say bend to fall and stay down at his will. So if you do not have the book, I highly encourage you to get the book. If not, I totally understand, but it is called The Bait of Satan. I have the audible version. doesn't matter. You can get the Kindle version, the paperback. You can even rent it from the library if you can. Hashtag support the libraries. And we're going to get into it. Have you ever heard the saying, if someone can anger you, they can control you? So growing up, I was not really the nicest girl all the time. I was very quick to anger, and I would get very irritated very quickly. And I know that this is the type of bait that Satan uses, but the book takes it a step back. So before anger, we get offended. So the first chapter starts off saying, me offended, question mark. Anyone who is trapped... Anyone who has trapped animals know that a trap needs two things to be successful. It must be hidden in hope that an animal will stumble upon it, and it must be baited to lure the animal into the trap's deadly jaws. Many people are unable to function properly in God's purpose and calling on their lives because of the wounds, hurts, and offenses in their lives. Satan, the enemy of our souls, incorporates both these strategies as he lays out his most deceptive and deadliest traps. They are both hidden and baited. Along with his cohorts, Satan is not as blatant as many believe. He is subtle and delights in deception. He is shrewd in his operation, cunning and crafty. One of the most deceptive, insidious kinds of bait is something every Christian has encountered, offense. But if we pick it up, consume it, and feed it in our hearts, then we become offended. Offended people produce much fruit. So the book talks about, and it goes to, um, we're going to explore some of these fruits. So when you think about offense and what I think about offense, right, I go immediately for anger, and that might not be for you in your case. So a couple of things. Offense can be 
can turn into and produce these types of fruit. Hurt, jealousy, strife, anger, envy, bitterness, outrage, resentment, and hatred. Now, we have an episode already on envy and jealousy, but when I saw these two words on the list, I was like, oh my gosh. See, I, didn't, I never took it a step back. It continues on to say, many people are unable to function properly in God's purpose and calling for their lives because of the wounds, hurts, and offenses in their lives. They are handicapped and hindered from fulfilling their potential. Most often, hurt from fellow believer causes them to say, calls, causes them to say with David, for it is not an enemy who reproaches me, then I can bear it. Nor it is one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me. Then I could hide from him. But it was you, a man, my equal, my companion, my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and we walked to the house of God in the throng. So the book has us list one to five, the most distant relationship being five, the most closest relationship being one of the names of people who offended us. So when you think about people who offended you, you think of basically the Bible verse is saying, it wasn't even my enemy who offended me. It was someone who, who I viewed as a brother, as a sister. So this could be like friends, close friends, best friends. It can be sisters. It can be parents. Um, and what do you do, right? So one through five, write down the names of the people who have offended you in your own time if you're able to. I know some people listen to podcasts while they're working out and everything, i.e. me. <laughs> but in your own time, or even right now, just think of a couple names of people who have recently offended you. Offended people hurt, and their understanding is darkened. They begin to judge others by assumption, appearance, and hearsay. And so it begins to say and talk about the devotional sub, uh, supplement that I'm reading to you right now. So when you think about those five people who have offended you, you're going to pray to God that God allows you to forgive them and to not harbor any of these feelings that I just went over, the hurt, the envy, the jealousy, the resent, resentment, the hatred, the anger, and the bitterness. And ask God to show you your true heart, your true heart's condition. One way the enemy keeps a person in an offended state is to keep the offense hidden and cloaked with pride. Pride will keep you from admitting your true condition. Pride causes you to view yourself as a victim because you believe you were treated unjustly. You hold back forgiveness through your heart's true condition is hidden from you. Though your heart's true condition is hidden from you, it is not hidden from God. Being mistreated does not give you permission to hold an offense. Two wrongs do not make a right. After reading this, I always think about every time I've acted out in anger and acted out from being offended, I always pro prove myself like I acted justly, right? <laughs> With definitely two wrongs did make a right sometimes one wrong make a right made a right for me sometimes a half of a wrong made a right for me either way I made a way and I justified myself because I was offended one of my favorite bible verses ever written there's so many good verses of course but this is one of my favorite for the season of my life that I am currently experiencing and I have to remind myself it's 2nd Corinthians 10 4 through 5 for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, 
casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts himself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. This Bible verse, y'all, is such a heavy hitter. Like, the first part, for the weapons of our warfare, this is a war. The book talks about, when we talked about it just moments ago, right, how Satan baits you. There's different types of traps that you're going to encounter throughout your life. This is war, and the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Now, offense could be a stronghold that you're experiencing. If you have anger problems in your family and everything, that can be a stronghold that's over your life, but just strongholds in general and casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the Lord, bringing out, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, y'all. This come to, we have to come to a place where we trust God over our emotions because our emotions are temporary and how you feel right now, offended or angry or resent or bitter, it can harvest, right, and grow, but how you feel right now may not be how you feel forever because emotions are temporary and we must come to a place where we trust God not our flesh to protect us from these offenses that we may and will encounter throughout relationships in life and going to work and going to school and any type of conversation that we have we often construct walls around ourselves when we're hurt in order to safeguard our hearts and prevent from future future wounds And of course, some people do this way more or maybe way more effective or better than others. I don't want to say better because it's not a good thing to do, but I'm pretty sure we've all kind of encountered a person that they got hurt before. And so everyone is paying the price. It's like that little meme. Oh my gosh, I have the perfect. It's like that little meme or that little saying where it's like, little Susie broke his heart in eighth grade and every girl has been paying for it ever since. Like when a guy's like, oh, yeah, I got cheated on in second grade. So because of that, I don't trust no woman. So it is definitely, I feel like, human nature to once you get burned or once something happens to you, you know, you kind of learn from, okay, not doing that again. But you have to come to a realization that God is going to renew your mind and equip you with the fruits of the Spirit and equip you with the Holy Spirit, with discernment. And, you know, we do learn lessons But we can't harvest those feelings and make other people pay for other people's mistakes or not even mistakes for the lack thereof. Or sometimes you get hurt, you catch a stray bullet like Jada and Summer Walker. (laughs) Uh, Not me not being serious. This is serious, but like like Jada, right, just caught a spray bullet, uh, a a spray, a a speck. Oh, my gosh. Jesus Christ. Summer Walker ended her relationship with her boyfriend, Big Meech, and Jada Wada, little baby's baby mama, caught a stray bullet because Summer Walker decided with her one point whatever million followers that she was going to post online and say, I tried to be Jada Wada, even though he kept cheating, I wanted to be Jada Wada, and it didn't work out. So boom, real quick, Jada gets offended. Why are you bringing me into this? And sometimes in life, you catch strays. And it's not even that the person maybe really full throttle was like, I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to upset you. I'm going to offend you. But we just get offended sometimes, and that's life. And so it's what you do about that. And in an attempt to protect ourselves from the offense, 
We find ourselves imprisoned within our own walls, unable to relate deeply to those around us. Our focus is turned inward and introspective. We guard our rights and our personal relationships carefully. Our energy is consumed with making sure no future injuries will occur. Yet, if we cannot risk being hurt, we cannot give unconditional love. Unconditional love gives others the right to hurt us. When he makes that point in the book, y'all, about unconditional love, I often think about not even God's love for us because that is something that is truly unconditional, right? I think about like people arguing on Instagram about how women get unconditional love, but men don't and yada, yada, yada. I see that argument all the time. I'm just like, what in the world? Jesus gives unconditional love, (laughs) point blank, period. But I oftentimes think about a parent and child, like child relationship, even though I'm not a parent. I know my parents love me unconditionally. And I'm pretty sure like you might think of the worst of the worst person and their parent loves them unconditionally. Even when watching uh, Dahmer, right? We'll take that for an example. Everyone kind of knows who he is. Even when watching the Jeffrey Dahmer special and after the special, how the father had was like sad and the father loved his son unconditionally, despite everything that Jeffrey Dahmer did to all of the victims. And it's like, I think about that as a parent, how you just love your child no matter what, how God loves us no matter what. But oftentimes when it comes to other relationships, we may fall short. Like when are talking about a girlfriend or boyfriend, which I don't think a boyfriend deserves unconditional love, but not everyone thinks like me. <laughs> but when we're talking about certain relationships and friendships, we might fall short from that because we're not necessarily producing the fruits of the spirit. We're producing fruits from offense. And I want to say these couple of chapters and everything before we kind of wrapped up really had me thinking when we talk about fruits of the spirit and I've talked about this so many times right in the bible you hear about it like throughout since I was a little girl but I never really hear about like the fruits of I don't want to say the non-spirit like the fruits of the flesh oh there it is y'all did I just did I just create that like I never heard somebody say fruits of the flesh But it's not fruit, though, because fruit is good for you. So I don't know what to call it, but y'all know what I mean. I'm trying to get all, like, fruits of the flesh, like, mm, I guess it's dead fruit. Like, but when you listen, when you follow your flesh and you follow your offenses and you let them fester, you don't get to go into God's calling your life and walk into your purpose and help others and act out of love. You kind of stoop down, like, you know, the saying, when you lay down with dogs, you end up with fleas. You kind of stoop down to someone else, and Satan has you in this trap of, okay, now I can get this person to produce hatred, and now when they produce hatred, they might snap and do something out of line, and now they're in prison when they were God planned for them to do X, Y, and Z, and, and God always has, like, plan of a plan of a plan of a plan, and concern light of everything will always work for the greater good of those who serve the Lord, but... It's kind of like marrying the person that God didn't uh, intend you to marry. So now he has to bless the covenant that you've made. Kind of like that as like, a okay, that's not really what I had in mind for them. But 
I was still blessed. It's just not going to be on a level that they were supposed to have it, if that makes sense. So y'all just be very careful of, and until next week, how we talk about more about the fence and other traps that Satan has. But just understand when you are producing these, I don't want to call it fruits of the flesh. We got to have like a catchy phrase for it. But when you are producing these feelings of the flesh and how they can just exalt to something extreme, like a stronghold, what are you going to do about it? In that moment, you have to fight back with love, with patience, with kindness. You have to be slow to anger. So I'll see y'all in the next episode. Think about a time where Satan tried to bait you, child. And as he may try to bait you this week, think about how you're going to respond in that moment. Bye.